0: Welcome, everybody, to The Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score so you guys can get the extra credit that you deserve. Good morning, Richard. How are you?
1: I'm ready, ready. Are you ready, ready? I'm
0: ready, ready. And All you right. know what? We're also alive. And that's interesting because we're going to be talking about death today, uh, particularly a lot of the questions that show up or pop up when somebody in your immediate family passes and so we're going to be covering questions like what happens to somebody's debt when they pass away Mm. you know does Mm -hmm. that get Mm -hmm. inherited um, when they pass away particularly i think uh, it happens a lot when someone goes through medical conditions and they rack up a lot of medical debt and then what happens to the debt does it get inherited to the the spouses, the surviving spouses or surviving children. There's a lot of that that happens um, or a lot of those questions that arise when someone passes, but people aren't prepared to deal with the credit side of things when someone untimely passes. So we're going to try to uh, discuss that and maybe bring some context and shed some light into particularly the question is, what happens to my credit when I pass away? So let's just jump right in. Have you ever had a client um, that had this type of situation?
1: I don't think so. I don't think I've had any clients die on me and then I'm checking their credit report.
0: Well, I had clients that they had, that the credit report indicated that they were dead, but they were not. So was, I have seen that. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's really where it all kind of started for me. It was like, oh, your credit report says that you're dead, but you're you're <laughs> right here in front of me. So that's got to be inaccurate. <laughs>
1: was that a mistaken identity or was he just using a bad social?
0: No, it was it was uh, that's how I learned um, exactly what happens on the credit reporting at side when someone passes away. Uh-huh. So what happened was somehow one of his creditors received notice that the guy had passed away incorrectly of course Mm -hmm. and so the creditor say for example that was capital one Mm -hmm. the creditor then submits a report to the bureau through their uh cyclic or through their typical credit reporting update that this this person has passed away so it's a deceased indicator that gets placed on the file um kind of like a a credit freeze or a, a identity theft trigger you know um that gets placed on the file but this one is just to inform other creditors that the person has passed away that way Uh, If someone's trying to use that person's identity, the creditor doesn't issue any credit.
1: To me, it sounds like um, there was just a lot of bad processing going on um, because the the, the way the process normally works is if someone dies, you know, the creditor doesn't know about it. So, you know, the, the way they find out is generally some other relative or a spouse, they will call the creditor once they keep receiving these bills saying, hey, this person is dead and once once the creditor receives notice of this generally they ask for a death certificate right and so once once the death certificate is provided now they have proof that the person is deceased so that they can update their records send it to the credit bureaus to right. do all of this without getting a death certificate just means that they the creditor jumped the gun
0: who knows we never actually found out how the creditor thought that the person was deceased like we have no i never found that out we just Mm -hmm. knew we isolated the creditor we knew who it was and then we had to work with the credit bureau to bring this person's credit report Mm -hmm. back from the dead really just removed the deceased indicator so that was interesting but that's how i really got to learn how (laughs)
1: we're like (laughs) (laughs) jesus we're
0: like that's how we got to know how deceased indicators get placed (laughs) um on on credit reports and that was very very interesting um so obviously you know that happens but you're right I mean typically um when someone passes away creditors will request a a death certificate to essentially cancel out a debt um or can and and stop collection efforts but we I've also seen collection agencies that specialize in collecting accounts from people who have passed away. And Mm -hmm. so how does, you know, the question is, well, how does that work? Who's technically responsible for it, you know?
1: So that's when you start getting into the complicated legal realm, but in in the credit aspect, depending on what state you live in. Well, now we live in California, okay? Uh, Certain states are community property states and some debts are joint. For example, if you have a credit card as an individual and it's a joint with your spouse, just because you died doesn't mean that your spouse is not responsible for the debt. She still keeps the debt, and she still has to pay for the debt. So, so a collector, if you know, if they receive this charged-off credit card, for example, um, they're still going to come after the the spouse that isn't deceased.
0: Yeah, especially if it was joint. It's mm-hmm. pretty much a guarantee that it's going to happen if it was joint. But you know. Um, let's back it up a little bit. Uh, Typically, when someone passes away, there's going to be one of two things. The person had assets and there's an estate that Mm -hmm. that gets created or the person doesn't have any assets. And so the estate would be considered insolvent and there's nothing there. Right. So so I've 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 had the experience of dealing with both cases. um, And so I had a client who's uh, mom passed away, mm-hmm. um, and the mom had an estate left over because the mom had a, a paid-off house, and there was going to be um, money there when the house gets sold. Then there's going to be a sizable amount of money, and then that could technically go to pay off the credit cards uh-huh. or or any any other you know, uh, any other debt basically. And so what happens? What happened in that particular case? And this is how I learned this uh typically an attorney is in charge of the estate um, or anybody that the the person designated to be in charge of the estate but here's what happens um the asset gets sold and there's a bunch of money that gets placed into this estate and so now there's a, a time frame where creditors have to file a claim with the estate and how do creditors know that the person died well by law they have to announce it, like they, they have to announce, it's like a notice to creditors saying this person has died, there's an estate, if you if she owes you money or he or she owes you money, you must file a, a claim with our estate within 120 days. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be publicized in like newspapers and, and things like that. Um, you know. And so then you let the time go by, and if they file claims, you pay them. Obviously, once you verify that they're legit claims, and if you don't, then the money can move on to the other surviving, um, like, say, for example, like an inheritance to the kids sure. and things like that. You know, there's an order of operations as to who gets the money first. Um, so that's typically going to happen if there's, an, if there's assets there. Mm-hmm. If there are no assets, then the debts just simply get canceled out. But I've seen collection agencies who technically send a letter to the surviving, say, kids, say the uh-huh. children, um, they, they get a letter for mom or dad's debt. Mm-hmm. And and they get kind of scared because it's like, why am I getting a collection notice? But the collection agency is, I mean, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. If your mom or dad dies, you do not inherit the debt. That's correct. There, you do not inherit the debt, so you are not responsible for paying any unpaid debts.
1: There, there is a way to do so, but that's by choice, and we'll talk about that uh, later. What do you mean? Well, like for example, um, on a on a mortgage
0: okay right so we're talking about unsecured debt
1: okay unsecured debt. yeah
0: absolutely okay unsecured debt so medical debts tax liens right student loans mm-hmm. um credit card debt correct all that that you do not inherit the debt so if you get a letter a collection letter for a credit card debt uh, or a tax debt for for a, a family member that passed away you do not owe it now um these collection agencies will send you a letter saying, "Hey, you know what? We know that um, they'll they'll disclose it, saying you don't owe the debt, but do you still want to pay it in memory <laughs> of your your surviving spouse?" Which is pretty low. I mean, that's pretty messed up. But it, I've it, seen that.
1: Isn't it technically illegal?
0: No, it's not illegal to to send a notice saying, "Hey, they owe this debt. Do you want to pay it willingly, voluntarily?"
1: But that that's actually asking to pay a debt that isn't yours. Uh, isn't that against the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act? No because you cannot communicate with anybody other than the individual about a particular debt
0: no but that's not necessarily applicable when the person's passed away and they're going after say the estate that doesn't have any money
1: that's something i'd I'd like to research Uh, so think
0: about it so if you're a debt collector and you're sending this notice to the say the estate right Mm -hmm. And the estate technically if there is no estate the the estate is technically like the surviving next of kin Mm -hmm. right um and so
1: but the estate is not a person it's not real uh
0: but the executor is the executor is in charge of the estate sure so say it's the son okay right so then the debt collector will send a letter to the son saying hey there's this money owed okay right so then the son said well sorry there's no money to pay you with and then the debt collector will make the ask well do you want to pay it out of your own pocket (laughs) yeah it's totally (laughs) illegal i've seen it happen many times um,
1: well, totally illegal or no, tot- it's
0: totally legal.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: I mean, the debt collector has to be able to communicate with a third party when a person's passed away, right? I mean, they can't, they have to be able to disclose the nature of the debt to a third party when the person's passed. Well, how, how are they going to establish validity of a claim in an exact, in an estate situation? But
1: that's dealing with a fictitious entity, though. That's what I'm saying. It's no, thir-
0: not necessarily because there's a person in charge of the estate. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just things that I've seen, you know, throughout the years of, uh, that's really low. and But there's these agencies that particularly specialize in collecting on deceased debt. And the, the first thing that they do is they try to locate estates. If they don't locate estates, they try to locate survivor, or, you know, next of kins and then try to go after them. Um, and so I've, I mean, we've, I've actually had a, I had a big case where the, the person who passed away had a, a, a large amount of money. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm um and before they transferred in, into the estate i was approached to settle the debts mm-hmm. before they would go public with the with the with the announcement that the person passed okay so so basically it was super fun because all we, we what basically what we did was i was like give me a copy of the death certificate and let me contact all these creditors and it was so easy to get them settled for like 10 cents on the dollar because I was like, oh, this person passed and we voluntarily want to pay, we'll give you 10 cents on the dollar. And everybody accepted it pretty quickly. Uh Um, And then all the money was transferred into the estate and then the kids got it, you know, but they settled the debt for very, very low, much, much, much lower than they would have settled it if the creditors knew that there was an estate there. So, um, you know, we just basically settled it before the money was dispersed. Cause the money was, I think it was in a stock, or some type mm. of mutual fund so before the disbursement was made we just settled with everybody um makes so, sense so yeah i mean that was it was good um and the kids were happy because they were able to get um a, share. more money than they would have gotten if the creditors would have gotten a hold of the estate so um so yeah that 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 happened um so we learned about that um but so so, are debts forgiven then? When somebody passes, would you would you classify them as them being forgiven?
1: Not necessarily. It really depends on the case, as you just stated before. You have to find out if there's an estate or if there's debts. Now, now, if I'm sorry, if there's assets, if there are assets, then the debt is not forgiven. The creditor will go after the asset. If you know the estate is too small and there's not enough money to pay all the creditors, then yes, they'll they'll discharged or, or they'll, they'll forgive the debt on many cases
0: yeah so um now you know let's kind of move on to the, so we talked a lot about unsecured debt and basically you know, the, the point that we're trying to make is if there are no assets nobody owes that money anymore and Correct. nobody needs to pay it Correct. so if there's a ten thousand dollars owed in credit card debt too bad so sad it's it's no one's going to pay that debt mm-hmm. Te- generally that's what happens unless obviously there's significant assets and then yeah the debt's probably going to get paid um so that's that's basically how that works if you guys have the every you know i mean everyone's gonna go through it because everybody dies so at some point you know you will have somebody very close to you pass and and just know that you will not be responsible for their debt
1: i heard tupac's gonna live forever
0: (laughs) his estate will that's for sure (laughs) Um, but now what happens if it's an untimely passing and there's still say like a car loan or a mortgage Mm -hmm. loan Um, you know and like you said like what happens there?
1: Well at that point there are laws that will allow the creditor the bank to allow any inheritors such as children uh, to assume the loan they'll basically transfer the loan into the uh, inheritor or you know the children's names uh, so that they can take over and in essentially inherit the debt right but that's a choice it doesn't have to happen
0: right. there's definitely uh, ways that the next of kin can take over the payments on a mortgage. Um, there's some, so actually a few protections that were enacted by the CFPB um, to help this exact situation. you know say for example um, you have a family member or I don't know let's just say uh, a good example to be so you pass away. Um, and then you didn't have any estate planning done so you didn't have a trust you didn't have a will mm-hmm. um, so which
1: is necessary if you want to avoid have your children avoid probate you probably want to get a trust go talk to a, a estate planning attorney and you know see what see what they have to say about it
0: absolutely absolutely uh, but you know let's just use a mortgage for example um, so in a mortgage if if say mom owns the house and has a mortgage on it and dad is not on the house at all mm-hmm. and then you just have um a, so you you know you have a brother and a sister and then your mom passes away and so it's all of a sudden you just have this mortgage um but the only one on the mortgage is the the, the mom that had just passed away mm-hmm. right so so what happens there do you, you can't sell the house because mom's the one that's on it and you need mom's signature to sell it so that can't happen so technically what actually happens well there's a couple of protections um that are enacted that allow consumers to that allow mortgage companies to identify the surviving next of kin, which technically would be a the, spouse. A, a the spouse or a child, right? That's obviously over the age of 18. Um, and, and if they can show that they can afford the mortgage and they continue to make the payments, they are allowed to assume the loan. And so that happens quite a bit in mortgages. Um, and a, a very similar thing could happen with vehicles as well. Um, So but you have to obviously have the ability to pay the the loan, whether it's a mortgage loan, um, whether it's a a auto loan, um, you know, and those are things that people are generally going to want to keep. No one's going to want to assume a credit card debt. Right. But technically, (laughs) you would want to assume the home, especially if you live there um you know and and you lost your 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 mom but you want to take over the loan
1: or just keep it as part of the portfolio you know rent it out if at at the very least
0: absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. you know so it's an asset that you technically want to keep there's probably equity there and and so you're going to want to take over it so there's a way there's a mechanism there um that that happens so so that's that's something for you guys to know you know hopefully you don't have to go through that and things are planned correctly um but it it's it definitely happens. I mean, people die every day and this type of situation is 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 going on all the time. So um, you know, you guys definitely need to be prepared. So it gets more complicated, obviously. There's there's probates that happen um where people fight for the assets, and that's something that's a little bit out of our realm. Um, you know, if anything goes into probate, it probably goes away from from the credit side of things. So we're not really gonna go into that. We just really wanted to communicate. What happens to debts when you die? What happens to assets when you die? And more particularly, what happens to your credit when you die, right? Um, so, I mean-
1: Now, once you die, you probably don't care about your credit.
0: Yeah, you're, you you won't have a credit score anymore. <laughs> you don't get to take that with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it, it's, you know, imagine if, if the creditors don't get notified that someone passed away and they have excellent credit. You know, I've seen situations where like the surviving kids well, well well let me take out a credit card under mom's name she's gone anyways <sighs> and i mean that's obviously that's fraud and mm-hmm. illegal um but the creditors have no idea that the person has passed um so sometimes there's that window of they, they'll find out eventually yeah, oh yeah, they'll find out and,
1: and then uh you are in big trouble mister uh we're talking jail time here
0: yeah you can definitely get in big trouble for that um mm. i i actually um I know that there's a way that the Social Security Administration communicates with the bureaus. Mm. Um, so, like periodically, they will literally get called something that's called um, a dead file, and that's a like a report from the Social Security Administration um, that enables the credit bureaus to flag certain Social Security numbers as you know deceased. So that that does happen periodically, uh, but it doesn't happen you know all the time. So. The best thing to do is to literally send a copy of the death certificate to the credit bureaus to make sure that that credit report has been tagged with the appropriate indicator so nobody can touch it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't, like, delete the file. It's just they need to make sure that they keep all the information. So if anybody pulls a credit report, a creditor pulls a credit report with that information, they know that, oh, we should not issue this because this person is dead. And if someone's trying to get credit, it's definitely fraud. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the way that that works.
1: It's it's a bit interesting considering the fact that uh, credit bureaus are not allowed to report stuff after seven years, right? You know, but for them to actually keep a file open on the deceased person, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, no? What do you mean? Well, you know, you just said that when an individual dies, um, you know, after after a certain amount of time, the Social Security Administration will forward the information to the credit bureaus regarding this individual and how they're deceased and right. the credit bureau keeps this information uh and they keep the file open so that creditors know hey this person is dead um but it kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a credit report uh with information after 7 years
0: Yeah that's true I get what you're saying but it's just the way that it that it's set up uh-huh. um
1: you figure after 7 years they shouldn't have that info anymore
0: But so that that so then let's just say we just a social security number of someone who died and then after 10 years we start to use it again
1: mm-hmm yeah i totally i totally understand the the awkwardness and and how how crazy it sounds but I, i'm just i'm just starting to think in technicalities here you know so does that mean that they technically keep your profile forever
0: right well i mean yeah i would i would say so i mean the the database is the database mm-hmm. um so just, you know, like we've talked about before how they don't actually keep ready-made files on people. That's true. You know, so they just have this database of information that's tagged with identifying information. Um, and so...
1: Sounds like we have an extra credit task for ourselves.
0: Yeah, that that is definitely true. Um, so... But I actually, I located the, the CFPB rule. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Uh, so the CFPB finalized several mortgage rules back in 2013 that took effect in 2014. Mm-hmm. And and part of those rules, one of those rules was um, this, this particular thing that we mentioned that allows the uh, heirs to take over mortgages when loved ones die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a CFPB rule um, that allows that without having to... Jump over unnecessary hoops, so it makes it very simple for heirs to take to work with lenders to pay off loans or seek a loan modification. Mm. So that's pretty cool, um, and so that's what makes that very and that's actually very recent. As as of 2014, mm-hmm. that started to become basically. That's great news, really. Um, I think that's really cool. The mm. CFPB can do some good work with that because imagine uh, having to deal with like the mortgage, like the. Like your mom died and you're trying to call the mortgage company and they're like, Well, we can't talk to you because you're not on the loan and you're just kind of stuck there, right? Mm. Like that's but but this clears the way to allow mortgage companies to be able to communicate with them and and be able to make something happen. And it's pretty cool that they can do a loan modification if maybe the payment's too high and now they can't afford it, they can modify the loan to
1: that's another extra credit task for us. Um, so let's say they do modify the loan. Okay. Uh when you assume the loan would that mean that you also assume the entire history of the loan
0: i would highly doubt it okay okay that's a good that's a good question so really to clarify is will you get the good credit or the bad credit of how long the loan's been open i would think not i, mean, okay. I, I, don't, I don't see how that i would think it would be should be considered a new loan as you take over it i would agree but i mean technically they have to give it to you at the same terms like
1: exactly the same
0: interest rate exactly i don't think they'd be able to change the interest rate they cannot but maybe they can if they do a modification right i mean in modifications they've changed interest rates and they've changed repayment times and they've changed payments obviously that's the point of a but modification
1: that, but that's that's if you modify this just allows you to assume over the loan right and
0: modify it though that's what it, that was the extra thing that i that i read so it sure. says to to be put you know to be to let me read it eg- exactly it says um the CFPB is issuing an interpretive rule to clarify when a borrower dies, the name of a borrower's heir generally may be added to the mortgage without triggering the Bureau's ability to repay rule. Um, mm. So that's that's actually something totally different. So I shouldn't have read that. But to, to move on, it specifically says today's interpretive rule makes it clear that when a family member inherits property, they can take over the mortgage without jumping through unnecessary hoops and it gives them an opportunity to work with the lender to pay off the loan or seek a loan modification
1: okay so you get a choice you can either inherit the loan or you can modify the loan so I guess if if you
0: so so there's this thing called the ability to pay Mm -hmm. and so mortgage lenders have to go through this workshop or this work thing worksheet of determining the borrower's ability to pay mm-hmm. and if they, they have to meet the threshold and if they don't they're not allowed to issue the loan sure so this rule eliminates the trigger of have them having to go and meet that standard of ability to repay mm-hmm. that's what makes this easy mm-hmm. for an heir to go take over take over it um, so it doesn't trigger that so now they're just able to easily go without going through those hoops of ability to repay and they're able to just either pay off the loan or seek a loan modification. Mm -hmm. Really what it is, it just allows the consumer to talk to the bank without the bank saying, oh, well, you're not the one on the loan, so we can't talk to you, Mm -hmm. because that's generally
1: what would happen before. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So that's pretty cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Here we are, the extra credit show, doing research for you, so. You know,
0: we we wanna always be accurate with the information. We understand certain things in context because we deal with it. but uh, this stuff is changing all the time, you know, uh, because we've been doing this now for so many years. This new rule became effective in 2014. So it's been a- it's only been four years that this has been actually in practice. So if someone is 20- still within
1: the statute of limitations. Yeah.
0: So, you know, if someone went through this in 2010, 11 or 12, they would have no idea that this even was a thing. Um, so it's 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 changing every day, guys. And that's why we're going to do the shows every week for as long as we can, simply because there's probably going to be new rules coming out every week. Um, so yeah, there you go. Now, I do want to clarify one thing. Um, we said it at the beginning, uh, let's talk about community property. Ah, yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so you know, let's just say mom and dad are married and, and one of them passes away. Technically in California or any other community property state, the other person is technically liable for the debt, Yes. right? Uh, even if they're not joint. Yes. So so if they're joint, whether it's a spouse or just a friend, if you're joint on an account and one person dies, you will be responsible for it. The yes. surviving joint applicant will be responsible for it. Correct. But in a marriage, right, in a community property state, if the husband only owed the American Express account and he owed 10 grand and he was the only one on it and the spouse was not on it, technically the spouse would still be yeah. liable yeah, for that the she'd debt. she'd be on the hook. Yeah, technically they would, Um, but...
1: Will the the creditor go after it? Will the
0: creditor go after it is a whole different question. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So you just kind of... It doesn't mean you automatically should call them and try to make payment arrangements. Correct. I mean, typically you just kind of want to wait for the creditor to find out. I would say... Eight out of 10 times, in my experience, the spouse sends a death certificate and it ends there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what happens most of the time. But technically speaking, they are still responsible for it and they can go after them. Mm So that is a very, really bizarre situation. You want to be very careful the way that you approach that. Uh, But generally, I have seen creditors not go after surviving spouses, even though there's community property. So it's just something that in my experience where it's technically they can, but they don't always do. In practice, they don't do it.
1: I've actually seen one case uh, in all my years where the individual was an ex-spouse, but the debt was incurred during the marriage. And the, the ex-spouse is deceased, and they still went after the, the, the ex-spouse. Wow. They actually They actually placed a judgment against her.
0: You know, and technically they can. They have the ability to do that. Because the debt was incurred during the marriage. Yeah. And, and you know, it begs the question, like, okay, so first of all, how do they know that they're married, mm -hmm. right? Like, they would have to know that they're married.
1: Isn't that public record?
0: Well, I guess. I guess they would have to look for it. So the creditor would then have to actively find a surviving spouse, um, which they they just generally don't. Like say for example, American Express doesn't know that you're married.
1: Well, I legally,
0: would... le- right? They don't know that you're legally married unless they look.
1: Sure, but it's it's actually not that hard when you when you look up the credit bureaus information. Uh, Experian, for example, will always list spouses.
0: But it doesn't mean that they're married.
1: That is correct.
0: So it could list a spouse, but they're not legally married. Okay. You know, and I think it could be very tricky. Let's just say you get married in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So then you're like married in the Vegas County database, but are you married in you know? But then you live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like, do they look? Where they don't even know where to start to look. So it could get very complicated. I can see why creditors don't spend or devote resources to find out if someone's actually married. Mm-hmm. Um, Which makes that one
1: particular case extremely egregious. You know,
0: and it, it'll happen if it's, like, um, not a big bank. If it's a little bank and they knew them and they knew that that person was the spouse at the time, they, they just kind of know, like, we're going to go after them for community property.
1: So don't live in a small town, folks. Yeah. Move to big cities. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it's, it, that's a very um, gray area. It's very complicated. We don't mean to confuse you guys. Um, but I did want to clarify that a little bit. But I think I just made it a little bit more confusing. <laughs> um, so, but point of the, point of the show... You do not inherit debt. You are not responsible for family members' debt debt if they die or when they die. So there you go. That was the point of the show. Anything else? Uh, no, not not at this point. So, all right, guys, you know, get your wills and trust done. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want any problems uh, when you die. That
1: wow. That was actually the extra credit task of the week this week is if you don't have any estate planning or anything of that sort, At least go speak to an attorney. Become
0: informed about it, um, for sure. Uh, Don't worry about your debts. And, well, yeah, don't worry about your debts if you die. You will not (laughs) have to worry about them. But your family will. So definitely don't leave problems. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.